Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Welcome to our second podcast here on Kitchen Table Theology. With many more to follow, we trust as we systematically discover what the Scripture teaches regarding topics such as Holy Scripture, the Trinity, the end times, the doctrine of sin, heaven, hell, salvation, the church, and so much more. Holy cow, we're going to do all that? We are going to do all of that. I'm going to put that firmly on your shoulders, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> I'm only here to moderate, don't you remember? <laughs> why, don't we t- why don't we remind them who we are? <laughs> all righty, well, if you want to introduce yourself, go right ahead. Well, I'm Jeff Cranston, pastoring Low Country Community Church in Bluffton, South Carolina, and my co-host is... I'm Jen Denton. I am a longtime member. What is it? Longtime listener, longtime new time subscriber. Anyways. Long suffering. Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> longtime enjoyer of Low Country Community Church here in the beautiful Low Country. And I've had the privilege of sitting under Pastor Jeff's teaching for quite some time now, almost 15 years, and raising a family here in the most beautiful place there is to do it that. Is. It is. So coming to things with a, a cross education, Christian education background. And both of us just have a huge heart for our big hope is that not only that you will come to know God's word better, but that you will know God himself better as well. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into today. We are going to talk about the inspiration of scripture. If you missed our previous podcast, go back to uh, one it's entitled Revelation. And we talked about God revealing himself to us through his written word. And today we're going to talk about inspiration. And uh, maybe to introduce it, I'll just ask you this. Have you ever sat enthralled, and maybe that's too strong of a term, but really enjoying uh, listening to Handel's Messiah, or maybe you have been one of the fortunate people to stand in front and, and marvel at Da Vinci's Mona Lisa, or maybe for you it's reading a poem by somebody like Emily Dickinson or a sonnet by Shakespeare, and you thought to yourself... These people were incredibly inspired to do what they did. Well, when we use the word inspiration like that, that's how the dictionary tells us to think about it. And the dictionary says that that, um, inspiration is a process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. And that's almost always how we think of inspiration. But when we speak of the inspiration of Scripture, however, we have to take that to another level, to quite another level. And I think last time you mentioned as we were defining those things and fleshing out that word, the inspiration was from man to paper, where man writes that which God wants written. I think there's so much power in that, where man writes that which God wants wants written. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that as we talk about this inspiration of Scripture. When we say that the Bible is inspired, what what does that mean? Well, what we mean, and in good Orthodox Christian theology, what we mean is that all Scripture is literally God-breathed. Second um, Timothy three sixteen and 17, all Scripture is inspired, there's the word, and that in the original languages, means uh, God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God 
and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Another translation uh, really puts it perfectly, and it, uh, the English Standard Version, it says it like this, all Scripture is breathed out by God. That, that to me, gives it a whole different picture. You know, all Scripture is breathed out by God. In other words, that means that our Scriptures are authored from God, that God moved through personalities and abilities of the biblical writers in such a way that what they wrote was without error, and it was correct in everything that they addressed. And therefore, the Scriptures are the product of God and man, working together literally in perfect harmony, all while reflecting the writing style of 40 different individual authors. Mm. And I think that's a big part that we miss a lot, unless we're trying to poke holes in it, unless we're trying mm. to say, well, you know, man wrote it. Um, but we miss the beauty of that partnership. We miss the, that beautiful aspect that, you know, so many of us can, because we can't imagine what that would be like. We can't imagine God right. saying, hey, I want you to, to sit down and write something. And mm. we have a hard time personalizing that, so we have a hard time connecting with that sometimes. Well, we don't even write anymore. No. You know, I mean... <laughs> very, very rarely. Handwritten note or anything. No, we... God doesn't tell you to text something, Jeff. Well, <laughs> I haven't heard... Maybe not to text yet. something. Yeah. I think I get that more, like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't hit send. <laughs> don't hit send. Oh. So if we can't personalize it, let's break it down. How does God give us this God-breathed, God-inspired book? Yeah. Let's, let's think for a second about how he did not do it. Let's go that route. Uh, he didn't do it by giving or by gifting people with a, a special gift. In, in other words, the Bible was not written as Shakespeare or Keats wrote. They took the use of the language, granted, to another level. I mean, you know, we're reading them hundreds of years later. But the writers of Scripture, they went far beyond that. Um, Peter put the, the theory of natural gifted, giftedness to rest when, when he wrote in 2 Peter 1.20, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. Mm, yeah. And so he just tells us right there, I mean, what we have didn't come from their own understanding. They were writing from God's understanding. Mm -hmm. And there's that perfect marriage again between God and the author's. Um, also, how he didn't do it, there's a term called mechanical dictation. Mm. And the process of inspiration was not a mechanical dictation where the writer simply mechanically, almost robotically, uh, wrote down what was heard as God spoke into their ears, as it were. Mm. So that, that kind of picture is almost a robot, and God kind of puts you as a person on hold. Mm and basically says, I just need an ear and a hand, and you, here's what I want written, and you write it. Mm -hmm. And that did not happen. It didn't go that way. And it's clear when you read the scriptures yeah. that it was written from a very personal perspective. You can't emote the level of emotion and the level of, you know, almost struggle that some of the authors have with the scripture if it's written from that robotic standpoint. Exactly. I mean, you read some of what David said when he was in deep depression mm. or Jeremiah, poor Jeremiah. None of us would have wanted to be friends with Jeremiah. That guy was depressing <laughs> altogether. Uh, and you really do see 
how God uses the various personalities. I mean, you think of it, over a period of 15 centuries, God used, deliberately used, and by used, I mean revealed his word to. Used isn't a good term. He revealed his word to 40 different authors, 1,500 years. And they all wrote under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So think about it. Job, the farmer, wrote differently from Luke, the doctor. And highly educated Paul. Paul had the equivalent of a doctorate in theology. Highly educated Paul wrote quite differently from uneducated fishermen like John or Peter. But they all carry in their writing the mark of the divine sanction of God uh, upon them. Um, there's another thing close to mechanical dictation, but it, um, they they didn't go, the writers, they did not fall into this trance-like state. Some people call that automatic writing, mm. which that does occur in occultic practices. Uh, instead, the writers of the Bible were free to write how they wanted, the way they wanted, when they wanted, and yet it was God moving through them and their personalities and their their skills to ensure the integrity integrity and accuracy of, of what was said. There, there's other views regarding all this, but the one that is, I think, most correct, or the one that, uh, yeah, I, I certainly adhere to, and I think most uh, Protestant, even Catholic Christians would adhere to, it's often referred to as plenary and verbal. Mm. And that means that all, that's the word plenary, that means that all the words, there's verbal, all the words of the Bible are inspired by God. And so Jesus taught us this. He said, um, man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in uh, second, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2.13. He said, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. Paul was driving exactly at what we're talking about, about the inspiration of Scripture right there. Gotcha. So so if we just boil that down into just simple terms, we have God's Word revealed to us from God, mm -hmm. who then inspired 40 authors over 1,500 years to write what God wanted written, yep. which sort of begs the question, is this sort of inspiration still going on today? Is it is it possible that someone somewhere is still writing the Bible. Everybody loves a sequel. Oh, my so, word. So here's the big question. Will there be a 67th <laughs> book of Scripture one day? Well, I know you're right. You have something you want to submit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing of that. Nothing of that quality That's for a really, sure. <laughs> really good question because um, you hear, especially in some of the theology that's out there today, you know, you'll hear the word a, a new revelation mm. or a special revelation. It's new. Mm. It's it's different. And anytime I hear a preacher, especially a TV preacher, you know, I have I have a new and special revelation from God. I'm like, flag, oh red my, flag, red, red flag. flags are flying <laughs> high. Um, but it's a really good question, and it's one we better have a good answer for. Will there be? There's 66 books in the Bible, 39. In the uh, old, 27 in the new. You're a teacher. Is, I hope my math is correct. But I think that's will, what we used to teach our sixth graders yeah. in, in sixth grade Bible Well, study. I have dyslexia <laughs> with numbers, so it, there's no telling. Will there be a 67th 
book of scripture one day. It's a great question. Somebody still write, you know, it's still being written. Well, I, I really I think ever since the Apostle John wrote the final words at the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 22 is the last chapter. We have, as Christians have held firm to the belief that the Bible is complete. And in uh, Revelation 22, 18, John wrote, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Now catch this. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. Mm. Okay, so right there tells me I don't even want to think about writing another anything. I definitely withdraw my manuscript on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he goes on, he says, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. So that's why Christians, uh, ever since John penned these words uh, about 60 years after Jesus's death, we believe the scripture has been completed and completely completed. We can trust every word, every jot and tittle, as Jesus said. Even he intimates to the crossing of T's and the dotting of I's. I mean, every aspect of the word is so important, and Jesus recognizes it. So that word, the Bible, I mean, I've got my copy sitting right here in front of me today. God not only made sure it was written, he made sure it was done without error. That's called inerrancy. We're going to look at that in an upcoming podcast and has preserved it for us today. So I would just say to you who are listening, why not open up your copy of God's Word today and thank Him for giving it to us without error and preserving it for us so that we have it. That'd be a good thing to do today. It would for all, for of, all us. of us, all of us yeah. for sure. And as a, a small part of that, we thank you for joining us today. Maybe you're driving or working out or even sitting at your kitchen table along with us with a cup of coffee. We just had some Southern pecan. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. And hey, we would always love to hear from you. Maybe today's podcast brought up a question or two. And in a few weeks, again, we're going to be devoting a podcast to answering your questions. Additionally, you can head over to jeffcranston.com for show notes on this and other podcasts. We hope to see you next time when our topic will be the inerrancy of the Bible. And believe me, you will not want to miss it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.